Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. Hey, What the Suck family. As you may have noticed, we recently switched to Anchor for our podcast hosting needs. That's right. We were using another site that had us paying 20 bucks a month for services such as unlimited uploading, unlimited hosting, and distribution. Anchor will distribute your podcast to Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and many more, and they do it all for free. They make it super easy to create and start your podcast directly from their site. You can record and edit directly on the Anchor website or app directly from your phone. It's your one-stop shop for everything you need to create your own show. They will even help you find sponsors to fund your project. Just go to anchor.fm and get started today. There really is no easier way to do it. Yep. What? 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 Yep. We rolling. We rolling. What? No. You suck. Hey everyone, welcome back to What the Suck. I'm Chris. And I'm James. And today's lucky number 16 episode, episode 16, right? Episode 16, bro. All right, we have a classic for you, uh, 1979's Tourist Trap. Yikes. It's a supernatural slasher film directed by David uh, Schmoller, Schmucker, he's a schmuck, uh, <laughs> starring uh, Chuck Connors, Joyce Lynn Jones, John Van Ness, Robin Sherwood, Tony Roberts, and a bunch of other fuckers. Uh, it's rated PG thirteen or PG. Actually, let's take it back. PG. It's one I think one of the lowest rated or the youngest rated movies we've watched so far. PG. Yep. I think everything else has been R at the most part. Yeah, PG. I think, but we had. Uh, I think Avalanche Sharks was TVMA. That's right, because it was Canada. Okay, so it maybe was, and it was made for TV. So <laughs> it's, it's it's slightly above Avalanche Sharks. Then God, I said it again. It's all right. <laughs> it's so Avalanche <laughs> Sharks. Uh, the film follows a group of young people who stumble upon a roadside museum housing mannequins that wields supernatural powers. Produced by Charles Band and J. Larry Carroll. Written by David Schmuller, Schmucker, John Larry Carroll. The cinematography doesn't doesn't matter. It was pretty terrible. It was. It definitely has a '70s look to it. So cinematography is null and void. Um, <laughs> Yeah. The production company uh, is uh, Charles Band Productions, distributed by Compass International Pictures, Manson International Pictures. That's oh, that's not a good sign. No. Mid-American releasing. It was released March 14th, 1979. 
with a running time of 90 minutes and a budget of about 800000 Now, 79 was your birth year. Is My that birth correct? year. I was, okay. I was about, uh, what was that, March, the third month, yeah. I was December, so it's like nine months before I was born. I, yeah. was, I was 11, almost 12. I'd have been, I, t- I would have turned 12 in 79. 12. So I was 11 years old when this came out. Oh, wow. Holy crap. Yeah. And as uh, the cast is revealed, have we uh, gone through the cast yet? Yeah, I just went through them already. Oh, crap. Okay. Well, Chuck Connors, uh, many folks will know, used to be a very well-respected uh, Western actor. So not exactly sure what happened to the brother, but I guess need a paycheck. I mean, you got to do anything, you know? You know, I, I think maybe like a fourth of our audience would know. I think the other three quarters are people under my age. So they Guys won't my know age. Okay, who... well, he was, in a, he was in a show called The Rifleman. Okay, all right. That was one, and then there was another one where he was a coward. And I'm trying to remember what that was called, but you know what? At this point, I don't give a shit. I don't think he does either. Poor I, Chuck. I, yeah, poor Chuck. <laughs> so, uh, before we get into anything, let's go over the um, rating system. So, uh, I'm sure if those of you who have listened before know, but those who are new, we rate our movies on a shit emoji scale, one to five. <laughs> and unlike other review and rating systems the less stars you get the better the quality of the movie is so instead of five stars being the best we go reverse the scale is inverted folks it is so if it's one out of five shits now these are the ones you're gonna want to keep in your queue they're they're your new classics and the ones you'll watch over and over they belong to the so bad they're good category Uh, you and your friends will get endless entertainment and enjoyment from these two out of five shits um, these are the ones you're going to watch only with friends who enjoy shitty movies. Not for everyone. They're not all of your friends are going to get this. Only the really, really, uh, really down for anything ones are going to get this. Uh, they're best viewed with a group who love to riff on movies. Uh, and you have to play a drinking game with them because there's a lot of stuff in there that you will want to maybe forget by end of the movie. Yes. And I, and I will allude real quick before he goes to number three. If you guys go back and listen to the episode chopping mall, which I believe is episode number 12. Yeah. Uh, we did play a drinking game during that, and you can see, you, you, can, you can hear, you can hear the fun happening. Yeah. You can hear the effects of the alcohol toward the end. So it's, yeah, toward it's, the end, and, and made it a lot of fun. So we're it, a laughing mess toward the end. So. so drinking games with these movies is a lot of fun. Please proceed. So. All right, thank you. So three out of five shits. Um, these are you'll at least share these with friends. Um, you'll watch it with them only if they have nothing better to do. Only if you have nothing better to do. <laughs> but prepare to drink heavily while watching. Watching them. Uh, four out of five shits. Watch it once with your friends because trust me, that will be enough. These are the ones that are so weird, so strange that you may not want to see them more than once, but you at least want to share your misery with your friends. With Indeed. Someone. You got to spread the love. And now the, the five out of five are the worst of the worst, the fecal de la matter. You only bring these out on special occasions uh, like a forced double date or <laughs> dinner with the in-laws. Um, I mean, do you have someone you want gone from your life? Then make them watch this movie. That's right. Uh, once done, you want to remove it from your memory with some sort of mind-altering substance or some sort of blunt force trauma. <laughs> blunt force. <laughs> I love it. I guess that alludes back to my diving off the balcony. Yes, it does. Reference. Yes, it does. I love it. All right. So now we got the rating system out the way. Talked about the movie. I guess we can go ahead and start the review. Amen. All right. Let's do this. Every year, hundreds of young people travel the country and disappear. God help those who get caught 
in the tourist trap. Tourist trap, where beautiful young people looking for excitement are tricked, terrorized, suspense that makes this the nightmare that never ends. Something crazy is going on at the tourist trap. Oh, sorry. I was falling asleep there. I was falling asleep. Ooh, boy. Let me tell you. Real, real. Uh... Oh, man. Let me just, let me, let me just, uh, I, I'm not going to give a rating right now, but let me just start off by saying that I do like this movie. I'm not going to give a rating yet, but saying that, God bless, this is a good movie to watch when you want to fall asleep. Yeah. Because it's a little, uh, a little slow to start. <sighs> Between the shrieks and the, the 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 over booming uh, soundtrack that yeah yeah <laughs> it tends to snap you out of it every once in a while oh but man it it is all right anyway so uh, so uh, quick quick factual note here go ahead go ahead um, did a little research because I had a uh, premonition and I was correct 1979 this movie was released right around the same time the Bee Gees hit tragedy was released. And I think it's a, is it a coincidence? I don't I think don't so. No. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. They must have had an early screening of the movie and decided to write that song for <laughs> this movie. I think so. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Tourist Trap. All right. So, it starts off with uh, some dude in a Gillian hat walking. <laughs> <laughs> walking a tire. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Uh, walking a tire down the road. Uh, he stops to get some. He's drinking some water. And he, obviously, he's looking He's looking for a gas station to get his tire repaired. Uh, and by the way, the tire is not flat. No, it's not flat. I don't it know. It is not flat. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they think they were doing or who they thought they were going to fool. But I, I'm pretty sure they didn't flatten it or um, take the air out because then it would have been too hard for him to roll down and the actor probably didn't want them to actually work. So he's like, just yeah, leave it he, inflated. He looked a little soft. Yeah. So he comes upon this gas station um, where he walks in to try, to try to find somebody and while he's in there he hears some creepy creepy voice coming from the back. So he walks back there to see what looks like a woman laying on a bed in a cover and when he goes to shake her shoulder it pops up on like a little those little like springs or whatever. And boogity, a, boogity, boogity. Yeah, and it's a mannequin yeah. and, and the mannequin's jaw drops and starts screaming ah! 
and he freaks out. And then when he freaks, when he does that, he jumps up, and then a uh, window, uh, the door closes, and then the window opens, and he goes to try to get at either one. He can't, and then a mannequin crashes through the window for some reason when the head and the head pops off. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he goes. And to then he goes to the closet. Goes to the closet, and then that's when it pops up. Another jump scare. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Yeah. Now yeah. I, I will admit, I admitted this one to Chris, and I can tell y'all as well. I don't know why, but this one particular mannequin coming out of the closet, I wasn't expecting it, and the surround sound on my TV, the speakers are behind my head, and it made a creaking ass noise in my neck. I spun around. I, I, I actually jumped a little bit on that one. <laughs> gotcha. I was like, damn it. It got you. Know, I was I was like fading out at that point. I'm like, oh come on, what are we doing here? But that woke your ass up, didn't it? It woke my ass up. Sure just did. a tad. Sure did. But <laughs> anyway, that stupid mannequin pops out of the damn closet, <laughs> I, and it was annoying. Yeah. So uh, then he freaks the fuck out, of course, and uh, also the mannequin's uh, head that fell off, like turned towards him, and the mouth drops open, and, and like this deep laugh comes out, like. Oh, 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 oh. So you're getting a whole bunch of like what looks like freaky shit. It could be ghosts. Yeah. Um, because you have all these weird objects that are moving on their own. Yeah. Uh, looks like, like maybe it's like a possession or something, and he freaks out, tries to get out through the door, uh, pops a hole in it with a, with a pipe, and puts his hand through to unlock the door, and something grabs his hand, and he's freaking out. And he's he's attached to the door for a good 45 seconds to a minute. Yes. While that happens, there's a uh, a cabinet across directly across from him, and it opens up, and all this shit that's in here gets thrown at him by some <laughs> mysterious force. That's right. Doesn't hit him once. You've got like bottles of green shit. You got bottles of red shit. You got yep. you got like batteries and all kinds of shit, and it all gets thrown at him directly across from where he's at. Doesn't hit him once. There's a knife, like a like a K bar, in the, the damn cabinet. Yep. It it shoots out, misses him altogether, sticks in the wall. And like, then finally, he's sitting like, there freaking out. Yeah, yep. he's freaking out, and, and he sees the pipe that's on the ground start moving, like it's, it's trying to be, get picked up, and, and he's just sitting there not really struggling much, and he's yep. just waiting, and inevitably the, the pipe gets him right in the side. There it goes. Gets him right through like, what looks like the kidney. Right to the kidney. And he does not utter a single Doesn't sound. Doesn't scream. He acts everything, like he's, goes, everything goes dead silent, yeah. and there's no no sound whatsoever, and he's just like, Ugh. The his only, mouth hanging open, and it's like slow mo but silent. It's, it's acting like he like he's dead already, which that wouldn't have killed him instantly. No, but you do hear a very cool sound. Yeah, effect. you do. Which you, you start hearing like drops, and then you hear like a trickle, and you realize it's his blood coming out of you the look pipe. Down the pipe is in the. And it's as hitting I put a, it, you put a spigot in him. He's done. Yeah, you put a spigot, and he's draining off into some can. So it sounds really cool. But so uh, Gilligan is gone. Yeah, Gilligan is gone. So <laughs> then it cuts to uh, this girl. Waiting by the car that the the guy whose name is Woody um, left. Woody. Uh, she's sitting there trying to you know get some radio station waiting for Woody to come back. Uh, and another group, a jeep pulls up with uh, our other three people. Uh, you got Jerry, you got Eileen, and no wait, or is Eileen the one? I think Eileen's the one that's waiting. You got Jerry, Molly is the is the blonde, and yep. then you've got uh, Tanya Roberts, who's what's her name again? Uh, Becky. I don't even care what her name is. Just she, Tanya, she Tanya looked, Roberts. Looking pretty damn good. And looking Becky. pretty good. So Eileen is the girl waiting. They pick her up, and they go try to find Woody. 
Um, and they end up at Slauson's Museum, which is closed down. Yes, but we we can't leave out my favorite character in the oh, entire movie. Favorite character. The fake-ass buzzard on the sign that says closed. Yeah. You know, they completely ignore everything and yeah, drive course. on past that's it. What, that's what kids do. They that's ignore they, they ignore do. signs. They just go up to whatever's there. Yep. Yeah, so the yeah the uh, the buzzard's there. He's got his wings outstretched, like he's trying to be scary. But he he just looks like he's he's taunting him with "Come at me, bro." Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Up to this point, my biggest problem is the wardrobe. I mean, I kind of like the uh, the halter tops and the and the hot pants. on, yeah. the, on the gals, but the yeah. dude's wardrobe, the Adrian's Med guy. Yeah, he's he's wearing like a a, a jean button up shirt, but like it's unbuttoned and the sleeves the Johnny are cut. Johnny Nagarelli line, you the know? sleeves are cut <laughs> off, and then he's wearing like a damn uh, he's wearing a suit vest over the jean jacket. Yep. He's like, I think that's like, isn't that how they go to fancy parties in Canada? I believe so. The, the Canadian tuxedo. I believe so. Well, anyway, it looks like an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> He's a dumb shit. So they walk into, um, uh, oh yeah, so they're on, they're on the way. <laughs> so wait, I, do they get to the museum first? Let me see. Hold on. No, that's yeah. They get to the museum. See, folks, this is the part where you know sometimes we watch movies and we have to actually. Wake our brains up a little bit because it's pretty pretty slow at first. A lot of very kind of slow, creepy music lulls you to sleep. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. So what happens is they're they're heading towards museum and their his car breaks down. So while he's looking at the three girls uh, walk away, one of them finds a swimming hole. Yes, uh, and they all decide to go skinny dipping, and they cut that whole part out where they get undressed because it's PG. It's a PG movie. PG, not thirteen. PG. Uh, and so the next scene you see is Jerry working on the car. Then it automatically cuts back to the girls already in the water, uh, and that's when Mister Slauson shows up. Chuck AKA Connors. Chuck Connors, aka the Rifleman. Yes, enter the Rifleman, uh, and he starts talking to him and telling him about how he used to charge the swimming hole and yada 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 blah blah blah. And basically, oh, now I'm saying it. Great. Basically, I'm saying it now. I haven't said it yet. Nope. I guess I'll say it. This whole basic. Okay. Who tells them to get out before dark because the moccasins come in. The water um, moccasins. The water moccasins. And so they, yep. they leave and tell Jerry they found this weird old man who, uh, uh, yeah. So then he tells them about the guy and then the guy just shows up right there. And he says, well, you know, I can help you fix your car. Let's get in my truck. We'll head back to my shop. I got some tools. So they all pile in Slauson's truck and head to his museum where they entered. At quite a to, rapid pace. I yeah. Would, I would recommend. He flies up in that parking lot oh, yeah, he's doing about ass. 60. Yeah. Slamming on the brakes and people go flying. Yeah, so then they get there and, and he introduces them to his his wax museum with uh, wax dummies. Some that little moves, house of oddities. Some that don't. Yeah, yep. and uh, he introduces them to his his Davy Crockett and his General Custer. No, those are not euphemisms for his penis. They're actual dummies, uh, mannequins. <laughs> and one of Eileen notices a house in the back and ask uh, ask him who lives there. He says nobody. Um, but he starts talking about his wife and about his brother, how his brother built all this stuff. And now he's up in New York building for a wax museum up there. Yep. And his wife passed away. But then he decides, uh, he tells him not to go to the house because no one lives there. He lives in a museum. And that he's going to take Jerry to the car to get it fixed. So the girls need to stay there and guard the house or guard the museum. And do they stay? Uh, Eileen does not. Eileen takes off into the house because she wants to go look for her phone. She's ignorant. Yeah, so she gets in there and she starts hearing like voices and she starts walking around. Yeah, it sounds just like that. Now, now let's let's break this down for a second. So the, the mannequins are actually pretty creepy. 
Yes. Some of them have like teeth and like eyes and, and they smile and they have like a creepy look to them. Yes. And I did, I did make note that to me in an, in an offbeat way, it kind of has a Hitchcock kind of feel yeah. to it because it has a lot of that suspenseful. It's got that slow build to it. That, that slow suspenseful build. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't hit you in the face all at once. It just kind of builds up slowly. Right. But the creepy ass music in the background, yeah. although overbearing at some points, does kind of remind me of some Hitchcock-esque kind of movies. Right. Not, not as good, of course. No. Hitchcock was brilliant, but. I think I think the difference between this and Hitchcock is that, I mean, there's a ton of differences, but like with, with Hitchcock, he has a slow buildup, but eventually pays off to something. Yes. Something shocking, something unexpected, or something just downright disturbing. Yeah. All of these, this uh, slow buildup goes to absolutely nothing at yeah. all. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, this movie doesn't have any of those qualities. Was that your Was that your Hitchcock? Your, uh, your Hitchcock. It's about as close as I that can was, get. That was without <laughs> practice. <laughs> well, at least we're not going to worry about <laughs> infringing on his copyright. Um, and so she Is gets this the man who wrecked a buffet at the Herald Club this morning. Sounds like a drunk Orson Welles, but. <laughs> <laughs> So she she's walking around and and she walks in this one room with all these mannequins that are creepy as hell and um, they're all female and they're all in different positions standing or sitting some are smiling some are, are wincing some are just there and as she's walking around a few other eyes start to move and follow her as she's moving around the room. That's a hint and a half for your ass. Yeah, and so she walks up to this. To, she finds a phone and she walks up to to grab it, but then she notices a scarf on a mannequin right next to her, next to the phone, and she takes it off because that's a smart thing to do. She puts it on her. She she fixes it in the mirror, and then in the mirror from behind her, this tall, weird dude shows up wearing the Gilligan hat. And <laughs> that's even, right. He was. E- even as an audience member looking at her, looking at the mirror in a 480p movie. You could tell that wasn't Woody because first of all, Woody was about five foot nothing. Yes, this dude's this, like six foot nothing. He's like six four, six four, six yeah, three. yeah. He's big boy, and his head is about the size of a painter's bucket. It is <laughs> gigantic. <laughs> like, like he, he has Woody's a huge melon on top of his neck. That's Woody's for damn sure. Woody's Gilligan hat looks like a yamaka on this dude. That's, That's how big right. his head is. Yep. But he, but she's like Woody, and she turns, and then when she says that, he uses his uh, telekinesis powers, which we find out in this scene, aka for you young people, it's the Force. Yes, he's using the Force. We find out in in this scene that the movement of the mannequins from earlier were not in fact ghost or possession it was this person who has telekinesis powers and makes everything move and he's yep. sort of he's sort of a uh, ventriloquist because he makes his voice like uh, uh go to different things and, and and can use to make different octaves and sound like a woman sound like a man and so he breaks the, the breaks the mirror and then he starts to make things move in the room and instead of her actually running around or running away she just like stands there she doesn't look really scared she looks more confused yeah and so then he ends up killing her using the scarf that she's wearing <laughs> by very slowly having it choke her out, like so after, of course, using the force to slide the chair across oh, the table yeah, to have and it. force her yes. to sit down, then Please, turns around, take a seat, and then chokes her ass. Yeah, very slowly. So it's a very slow. See, this, one, this is what we're talking about. This this build up with the creepy mannequins and the creepy voice and the creepy music all leads to this very boring, very slow death scene if anybody remembers the lady in jaws this is one of the references i like to make when people are getting when somebody's getting ready to kill your ass they pause instead of running if they've got a way to get out or escape instead of acting they freeze like the lady in jaws with the kid when they yell shark and she's just standing there in chest deep water 
screaming right. with her kid. Well, that's basically what this kid, this chick did. She just stood there. The guy wasn't charging her or anything. No. She could have got the hell out or at least yeah. tried to move. But yeah. No, he just plopped her down. Picked up something and flung it at him and, or anything. And like you said, I don't think the, the scarf choking could have gone any slower. Oh, my God. Like She she actually had time to pick her hand up very slowly <laughs> to, to feel the scarf tightening. So, But but she could use both hands to pull at it, but she didn't. She just like. It's like the slow. Yeah. No. And, and then they don't, they, don't, they don't even show her actually being choked. Nope. So they, they start going to random parts of the room where he's, for some reason, breaking bottles in the room, which I, I don't understand why he's doing that. He's trashing his own house. Yeah. Damn and it. then And then the way they represent her dying is there's a pot that falls on the ground, and that's the end of the scene. That's, that's indicating that she is dying. So we end up back in the house after the uh, the inevitable slow motion and slowly yeah. painful the scarf s- death. Yes, the slow, <laughs> not so much painful, but painful for us to watch scarf death. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're back over the house, and the two girls are farting around with all the stuff and playing with the controls, and they discover, I think they flipped a button, this little music box stuff comes on, yeah. and they discover his... They st- a mannequin that looks like his wife. Well, they don't know it's his his wife, but there's a mannequin that's very very pretty that's off to the side, hidden in a little cubby. Yeah. And they walk up to it and they 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 say it's, it looks it's got great features, and then they touch it and they say it feels like flesh. Yeah. So Slauson does return, uh-huh. and, but he comes back without no sleeves, boy. <laughs> he left Johnny Nagarelli out there somewhere. Johnny Nagarelli. Uh, and so he leaves him there. He comes back and starts. That's when he starts talking to him about his wife and how she died and, and you know <laughs> died in his arms. And he asks where the other girl is at because yeah. Eileen's not there. And they tell him that she went to the house. So he goes looking for her. He finds her in the room, looking like a mannequin. mannequin. Yep, wearing the same clothes, scarf. But now she's been turned that's into a mannequin. So yeah. So uh, he then he. But so here's the thing. Like we we notice this. Like he he has like a split personality disorder or something because he. He pretends he he's actually looking like he's looking for Eileen. Yes. And when he finds her, at least to the, the viewing audience, because there's no one else around him, he is surprised to see her turn that way. Yes. So, uh, I mean, but anybody who knows horror movies could see this coming a mile away. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes down to it, uh, you'll notice the height similarities. You know it's his voice. Right. So I'm sorry, but it's halfway through the movie, and you've already picked it out. I would say it's a, a quarter through the movie, and it's, it's already a quarter. It's, it's not even halfway. It's not even halfway. Not yet. even halfway. No. Jeez, I oh know. My God. I know. Yeah. So it, we, it, the mystery is is solved of who the yeah. killer slash foul deed doer is in this one so far. I mean, this even even Scooby and the gang would have known right away <laughs> as soon as they rolled up, they would have known who the killer was like that's instantly. Right. <laughs> that, that's how obvious it is for this movie. Yeah. But uh, so he goes back to the house and he tells the girls that he couldn't find her, that she must have uh, walked or to find Jerry, who he said went to go look for help for the get the car fixed. Sure he did. Yeah. So uh, he then heads out, tell him that, telling them that he's going to go find her, quote unquote. Um, and while he's gone, they decide to go check in the house. Becky wants to go. Uh, Molly's not so sure. But uh, so Becky, they, Becky climbs up into the second floor of the house and gets in and walks in and it happens to find the what I now call the Eilina Quinn uh, <laughs> there in a chair. And when she walks up to it, the Eilina Quinn jumps out of the chair and, and Becky gets scared, but ever so slightly and then just turns around and walks away like nothing ever happened. Like there's not a creepy house full of creepy ass mannequins that move by themselves and one just r- jumped up at you. It's another one of these on everybody's on dope. 
yeah. or something. Everybody's yeah, was, too calm. It was on Quaaludes. Yeah. You know, strange stuff's happening. Everybody's like, eh, yeah, oh well, you know. So she goes, she opens up, another, opens up another door that's filled with mannequins. And while she's there. Fucking mannequins. She gets knocked down by the killer who who then begins to like sniff on her and like <laughs> fill her up with stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> she she and grabs. He's like, a, and he's like. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> he's got this voice. Yeah, this 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 grumbly and so yeah so she's on the ground and he's doing that and he she picks up a mannequin arm smacks him with it which causes him to be clocks off. that yeah so he he's off to the off the ground real quick but then before she even gets up there's like a bunch of mannequins like all naked mannequins that surround her <laughs> and they start moving back and forth and they start making this weird humming creepy noise and then they start they start toppling on top of her i'm not even going to try to repeat it because it sounds like somebody took cheap porn tracks yes yes you know yes and yeah, and just, just and took out all the moans. distorted it and she yeah. remixed it. And so it's, they, they fall on her, knock her out. It's just weird uh, shit. When she comes to, she's downstairs where she's locked up. And they, we see Jerry down there. He's been locked up as well. And then just some random girl who apparently he had kidnapped prior to all of this. Who I will also note is entirely too calm. When the light comes oh, on, yeah. she just looks up the stairs like, oh, here he comes again. So let, let's put it into context. She's on a table, strapped down to a table. In the pitch dark. In the pitch dark, covered in the blanket. But when the light turns on, her head's facing away. It's like she's taking a nap. And then she turns and sees the guy coming. And then when she sees that another victim has been kidnapped, she doesn't even make any noise or, or make any try to escape or anything. And then <laughs> he comes up to her and he's like, oh, you're so pretty. Oh. And, and she's like, he fucking uncovers Jerry, too. We can't forget that. Jerry yeah. had a blanket had a, over the top of him. Jerry is standing and was, up. And was under, not moving an inch. He's no. just standing there. He's standing up. Underneath the stairs, <laughs> tied to a, a support beam that's under the stairs. He's standing, but the guy felt like he needed to cover him with a fucking blanket. And and Jerry didn't say shit. Jerry, he wasn't moving. He's he on wasn't doing a damn fucking thing. Quaaludes. And he's awake. He's awake. Yeah. He's, not, yeah, yeah. he's not knocked out. He's not, you know, gagged, nothing. He's just no. making no noise. And so, uh, so yeah, so then he goes up to that girl on the table, starts muttering some bullshit, and she's like, no, please. And then he leaves, but then she doesn't even try to escape or yell or scream or anything she just calmly tells jerry and eileen or not eileen becky how how she went to go get some gas or something and she was kidnapped and that's how she ended up here uh okay big fucking whoop whoop de do but you don't know her name you don't know anything about her uh but then um and why he killed woody and and why he's gonna kill this girl or, or the others that i'm assuming there are other mannequins it's not explained at this point. There's no motivation for the killer at this point. Uh, all we know is that he is killing him and bringing him down to his basement. And yep. But where would where where is Woody at this point? We don't know because he's not alive with the rest of them in the basement. Nope. And all we've seen so far is his hat. He's his hat and his, nothing else and nothing else. And we know he was skewered, so we can only assume that he bled out and died. But you don't actually see that. And up to this point, there is no other death, even though there have been several encounters right. so far with this little with psychotic this... being. Yeah. And so then he, he goes back upstairs and he comes back downstairs. But he's wearing a new mask and it looks like a Wayne Newton mask. <laughs> he's got the big Wayne Newton hair. And, Donk and, shame. Yeah. And it looks baby, like, Donk He looks like Wayne Newton. And he starts putting plaster all I'll over this girl's face. Uh, while so he starts putting this plaster all over her face because he wants to turn into a mannequin, but he's doing it while he's explaining what's going to happen to and her. It looks like the craft marshmallow cream. It does. It's just yeah. not plaster. It's no. like this gooey, nasty. Yeah. Shit. And, and he and he's telling her like fucking like play by play 
minute by minute uh, um, analysis of how she's going to suffocate and then it's going to be hot and yada yada yada. But I mean, I would have died of boredom before I got suffocated with the plaster. Yeah, and he was trying to make like dying of plaster face sexual or or, or like, sound you know, scary. It doesn't sound either. It sounds it's boring as fuck. It's going to burn and you you won't be able to see. You'll never see. This is the last you'll ever see in the world. And all yeah, this shit. And but, I'm like, just fucking kill her. It's funny about plaster. As it starts to dry, gets very hot, almost burning the skin. You'll panic as I seal the lips. And now the eyes on your face is burning now. The plaster's getting tight. Your world is dark. You'll never see again. Getting hard to breathe, isn't it? I'm going to seal the last openings. You won't be able to breathe. Yeah, and, and then there's more a bunch of a bunch of exposition about Shit. why he wears the mask, and and, and apparently um, they've or Jerry and them have decided that this is the uh, this is Slauson's brother who he alluded to earlier. Yes, um, and this is his brother who's gone psycho or whatever, and um, he's the one turning it into. Matter of fact, the uh, the killer Wayne Newton guy thing whatever even says that that his brother is the one that has museum and his brother doesn't know that i brought this other woman down here so uh just uh, you know alluding further to the fact that he has split personality syndrome you know yep and so then we see uh molly is i guess she left the house and she's looking for her friends but all of a sudden the killer shows up and he's got woody's head which is now a mannequin head Yep, with the Gilligan hat. With the Gilligan hat, back on. Still got the Gilligan hat. Uh, and starts chasing her through the woods, and she manages to somehow escape and meets up with Slauson, who's in his truck, who has quite quickly changed out of the costume, got into his truck, and Caught just up intercepted her. In her. Yeah. yeah, and so she gets in the truck, and he asks, uh, "Who you know who you, who you running from?" And then she tells him some psycho in a mask or something, and he like stops the truck and says, "That's my brother." <laughs> and talks about how he was just there he's just trying to protect he was just trying to protect his brother his brother is crazy yada 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 and uh she wants to go to the cops but he's like no let me take him let me take him in so he doesn't get killed so she can he convinces her to go back to the museum yep to turn on the radio because the radio draws him in and they he get says, there that way yeah so that way the cops won't shoot him up right when show up exactly let me he bring in him bring him in safely and so spoiler Cops ain't coming. Yeah, ain't, ain't no cops in this town. Ain't no cops. Um, except the uh, mannequin cops he has in his back, probably. That's true. <laughs> Just, it's probably mannequins of uh, Andy and Barney. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so they get back to the museum, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go inside. And he gives her a, a shotgun and tells her how to how to shoot it, whatever. And walks... I'm going to cock it for you. You hold it, and all you got to do is squeeze the trigger. Yep. And then uh, goes inside, and she's freaking out. Because she's worried the killer's going to come. And then the killer does come. Surprise, the surprise. The killer shows up. Shocker. He comes out from behind the truck. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it's obvious. He goes in the front door, changes, and sneaks out the um, side and door. And comes around, comes the, around side. the side. Yeah. And so the, the killer shows up. and But it takes her like a full 10 seconds to even pull the fucking trigger. Because he's sitting there going, yeah. yeah. yeah pull all this the shit. fucking trigger, lady. Shoot his ass. Uh, so she does both barrels. He pretends to get hit, but then surprise, surprise, it's blanks. It's blanks. So it's this in one of the funnier scenes. The killer's on the ground, That's and then he's like, he starts taunting her because it, there were blanks. He's like, bang, bang, bang. 
bang, See, what's bang, funny, bang. yes, it was blanks, but she is still holding a heavy iron shotgun. shotgun. So, so what happens, Chris? She, she, she smacks him across the head with <laughs> she it. She knocks the fuck out of him. Like I would, too. Anybody taunts me, I'm going <laughs> to smack him across the fucking head. Dung, dung, you're dead. Dung, dung, you're dead. She lays him out like a cheap rose. It's like that old uh, Superman uh, TV show when they used to shoot him with the with the pistol. Oh, yeah. And he'd stand there, but then as soon as they threw the gun, he would duck. because He, he would duck the yeah, gun. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's uh, so stupid. <laughs> so then, but that, that breaks his, his mask off, and, and it's revealed that all this time, the killer has been Slauson. I am, I am shocked. But, oh, blown Just away. Shocked. Shocked to my very core. I am shocked that it took him that long to expose it because I think we knew it like, 20 minutes in. Yeah, Stevie Wonder knew it 20 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go back to the house in the basement, and Becky and Jerry uh, somehow plan of escape, and, and they're able to escape. And they go into the house. Oh, before that, uh, Slauson knocks her out, takes her inside. So then back to Jerry and Becky. They escape the basement. They go upstairs. Then we see Slauson dressed as like a little girl in a, in a, a living room yep. with the older mom and pop mannequins and he's making them all talk yeah and he's talking whatever and then he senses somebody in the hallway which the hallway is filled wall to wall with fucking mannequins yes which is just creepy as hell and so jerry and becky hide amongst the mannequins and somehow slauson doesn't realize that they're not mannequins well he comes out to search doesn't see him goes back in they take off you think they're gone but he ends up catching up with becky because she falls and trips and, and does that whole stupid cliche girl thing where she falls trips over nothing of course and she gets caught and oh yeah let's not forget about that really weird scene where slauson sits down with that dummy in the uh i guess it's supposed to be eileen's dummy because yeah. it has the the scarf yeah. on it. it has a scarf and he brings them like he has like two bowls and he's like okay let's eat dinner and he puts his Phantom of the Opera mask but on. And before he does that, like he's like, let's eat dinner, and, and the doll's not doing anything, and, and so he gets frustrated. So then he puts the mask on. As soon as he puts the mask on, the doll springs to life and has this really creepy voice that says, okay, let's have dinner. And then he has this really creepy voice where he's like, that's what I said, let's have dinner. <laughs> and then it's just this really awkward, useless scene of him interacting with this, with this doll. He's making move with his mind. How's that? Let's eat. That's what I said. Let's eat. Is it good? Yes, it's very good. It's like we were discussing. I think this is more of a psychological thriller type, even though it's old school. Yeah. It's more psychological than it is horror, really, to be honest with you, because there's not a whole lot of killing. No, no. Not violence, and it's, but it's more of a mind fuck. Yeah. It's constant, you know, at least what they could accomplish in the 70s, not, you know... Not today's standards. Not today's but, standards. No. But back then, yeah, this was more like I said, it's Hitchcocky. But wouldn't you agree that 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 scene would have been scary? Oh, let's not forget the fact that they had this really quirky music playing over it. Always. So constant that, weird music. That quirky, like if they didn't have that happy quirky music playing over that scene. Yep. And Slauson didn't have his quote unquote joke jokes that he had or his his quirky attitude if they played it just a slightly slightly darker that scene would have been very very creepy yeah very, very much creepy. so very much so because it had the it had the look mm-hmm. it just didn't have the feel right so it had the look but it didn't feel it because like you said you're being distracted by the goofy ass music and shit yeah so it's like if jason you know if he's being chased by somebody and they're playing ice cream music yeah yeah and ice cream truck music exactly it, you're like 
Yeah. This isn't scary. It's not scary at all. It's it's funny. It's it's music adds to the experience. You almost, the problem is when you're getting these high pitched piano plings and bling 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 yes. and all this weird ass shit, and then it shifts. I mean, because it's all over the place. You know, you get the creepy violin music, and then you get the high screechy shit, and it's just right. up down up down. Yeah. No, it, it is not at all. Um, fitting with the, uh, the the tone or the scene yep. and so uh so they have that scene and then so then uh jerry gets caught in the house becky gets out and and, and she's later found by slosson and killed uh inside back inside the museum in a very cool sequence in which the there was at the general custer yeah the confederate soldier and then the native american one dummy are all shooting and throwing axes at her and the Native American actually hits her dead on in the back of the head. With a knife. With a knife. He Super throws cool. two tomahawks and then throws a knife, nails her right in the back of the head, and yeah. she goes down. Super cool scene. Probably the only cool death. Well, no. Second so, cool death but scene. All, I, all I'm concerned with somebody probably somebody finally fucking died. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Obvious death. On screen. On screen, on screen death. death. Finally, yes. Absolutely. Uh, so then... Um, Holly wakes up and she sees some sort of creepy woman that like gives her water or whatever. And then, <laughs> then uh, Slauson goes in the costume to wake her up, takes her out and tells her that she's going to be his new wife, has this creepy wife mask on, on that he puts on her and starts sexually assaulting her by kissing her. Uh, and then she freaks out, but then he like stops and then all of a sudden he like snaps and then he, re- he reveals the big shock twist that he killed his brother and his wife because they were whoring around behind his back. They were hoeing. They were hoeing around behind his back. That's right. Uh, and, and at that point, we get this really cool yet weird nonsensical scene that I didn't see coming but still kind of cool where all of a sudden Jerry busts in the door. Jerry? Jerry. Don't you mean not Vin, really? Vin, Vinny Gugalagi? Yeah. <laughs> Vin, Vinny Fermicelli? Yeah. That's Vinny, right. Vinny Fermicelli busts in. He has an axe. Right? He's telling molly to come behind him we're gonna leave and molly finally does and she's sitting there behind Vinny, and he's asking slauson where everybody else, where the other girls are at and slauson's like there are no other girls there's no one else here and he's like stop playing and then molly gets kind of dark and says and tries to get jerry or Vinny to kill him and kill so, him kill him jerry kill, kill him, him jerry and so all of a sudden Jerry just is there frozen and Slauson is like, he can't, don't you know? And then she looks at him while he's frozen and she gets this look of horror on your face. And you're like, you're thinking, okay, are they going with, with the fact that he's actually a mannequin, even though he looks like a complete normal human, he yes. moved like a human. Yes. He, he, he had dexterity in his hands to open a door and hold an ax. It's a 1970s Which duck. mannequins don't have. <laughs> but then, then you get this cool scene where all of a sudden it, it like cuts to the, from behind Jerry and then Slauson reaches on his uh, his right arm and just pulls it off and it's a mannequin arm. Yanks it off, says, huh? What you gonna do? And then grabs his head, twists his head, and his head comes off as a mannequin head. And you're like, all, all this time, where the hell were the rest of these human mannequins? Because it's the first time you see a mannequin that's full-on human. They but Jerry, start, Jerry was a mannequin. Yep. Jerry's a mannequin. And then so he goes while she's standing there freaking out and he yeah. grabs his wife. His wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And starts spinning around and dancing and spinning And she starts losing her mind. Uh, uh, Molly starts losing her mind. Well, some of the more decent, at least at least for briefly, a little bit decent acting. I mean, she actually kind of half-assed sounded convincing. Right. Like she was starting to lose her shit. Yeah. And then she looks around on the ground. Mm-hmm. While they're, fr- I mean, he's dancing, and the mummy and the mannequin actually comes to life temporarily. And it goes back and forth. Wife. It switches from alive it's to weird. fake. But so then we is... we get all these cuts of all the mannequins around the room, and 
we get yeah, half it, of them are, are, are actual human. people. Yeah, you can tell they're people because they're turning their heads. But yeah, they look like humans. Where and then you got half of the ones that are are the obvious mannequins that are lean forward and go ah, right. Their, their jaw stupid, drops open and they make that stupid, stupid sound. opera of shit. Yeah, so that's when she. That's when yeah <laughs> yeah like they just want to hear the. Ah! That's uh, it. So that's when she grabs the axe, like you were saying. Yep, and then in one swift stroke, she finishes off checking. Right in the neck. Right in the fucking neck. And when she does that, all the activity stops. Slauson goes down. All the mannequins drop. It's kind of like when the droid army dropped in Star Wars and they blew up the mothership. Everything just stopped. It's it's a very, like a hive mentality. You cut the head off. That's right. The rest stop. Then we get what is probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. We get this wide shot of a row. No, we, we cut to the vulture on the sign. Yep. Wings still open. But he's starting to close them. I guess it's kind of like, I think it's symbolic. Where My favorite character. Where when they arrived, his wings were open as for the yep. start of the movie. And then when it's ending, his wings are closing at the end of the movie. So his very job, symbolic. His job is done. Very Exactly. And so you get this wide <laughs> shot of the road, and you see in the distance the Jeep is coming down the road. And as it gets closer. How did she get it started? Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Unless unless he was using his powers to make the Jeep make the Jeep not prob- run. But probably because the Jeep didn't stop until they got on his property. So that's probably a it. very good point. They don't explain it, but. I think you picked that up. Good yeah, job. Too much damp. Try but, to put logic on it again. <laughs> so you see him. You see the Jeep coming down. And as it's coming towards the camera, you see Molly in the front seat and in the passenger seat and in the seats behind are her friends, her her four friends, in their mannequin form, in their clothing, sitting in the seats. She put she put them in the fucking car. She put them back in the fucking She's car. She's driving down, and when it when the car gets close to the camera, it freeze frames, and you see the look on her face, and it's a look of someone who has lost their absolute fucking mind. She's gone. She's got this smile on her face like she's no, she's fucking crazy. She's gone bye-bye she with her little car full of mannequins, and it freezes, and, that's and the end. credits roll. And that's my favorite scene in the entire movie because she looks like a woman who's lost her shit. Yep. And she's got four fucking mannequins. Let me tell you something. I think she took them because, <laughs> one, she misses her friends, but two, she can still use them for the HOV lane. That's right. So that's why she took them. I would have took them, too. Right. So that's the end of the movie. Uh, all right. So, uh, James, let's go. We'll start with you. Uh, what's uh, Give me your take. Give me your, your rating on this movie, dude. Man. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Looking at it from more of a psychological thriller type than it was a horror movie, uh-huh. that was, to me, its biggest fault. Okay. Time period, you know, you have to allow for, you know, much poorer photography. You okay. Know, it's not as good as cinematography and you know, right. stuff like that. The acting was not half bad. Chuck Connors actually did quite a good yeah, job playing a dual role he did as a good crazy job. and and normal. It yeah. was very unusual for him, being right. that he's more of a Western kind of actor, which I think made it all the more believable because yeah. he's, he still had that sort of old West sort of what's the the hospitality type feel to him. Yep, absolutely. So when he was his normal self, he seemed like a really great guy. But and then, then when he'd flip a switch, then he'd he start turning motherfuckers into mannequins. Yeah, yeah. So he did well, a good anyway, job. So yeah. So acting overall, I give it about a two. Okay. Wasn't right, bad. That's good. Yeah. Wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't spectacular, but yeah. he wasn't bad. Uh, the script, I really liked the way the story worked. Okay. The script, the, the actual script, them talking back and forth, the dialogue wasn't that horrible. I no. give that about a three. Okay. Yeah. And that was All about right. middle of the road. Okay. Uh, the story itself, I thought it was pretty strong. I okay. liked the actual concept, All you right. know, the whole museum and stuff like that. It was, it was cool. I give that about a two. Okay. The effects. 
There really weren't any, to be no, honest with you. No, not really, no. So I'm going to have to go pretty low on that. As far as the effects are concerned, yeah. there really wasn't a lot of blood. No. It's kind of cheesy. You know, all the mannequins were, you know, obvious humans. You could see it. Right. It wasn't horrible, but I'm going to give that about a four. Okay. Like I said, overall for me, yeah, I'm, this is a good strong three turd. Three turd, I'm going right. three turds on it. Middle of the road. It wasn't great, but what didn't really, that wasn't total suckage. Yeah, yeah. So you're going three, and uh, three was the one where you share at least share it with your friends and then watch it with them if they had nothing better to do but then drink heavily while watching it and so if that's you drink heavily while watching this movie you will probably enjoy it much more because of all the psychological elements yeah to it. that's true that's like true. i said this wasn't in my opinion not a horror movie as much as it was a psychological thriller type. yeah yeah you know i mean i know they kind of go hand in hand sometime but as far as i'm concerned it was more of a mind fuck than it was a, a straight slice and dice. Horror. Yeah. You know what I mean? It definitely so. wasn't a slice and dice. That's for damn sure. How about you, brother? What do you give? Uh, well, I agree on many of your points. I thought the acting was actually very well done for the most part, especially Chuck Connors. He did a great job. I thought the story was good. I thought the execution of the story was very bad, though. They, they executed <laughs> it very... The story was, was, was interesting and different, but it was very poorly executed. The effects were bare minimum, if that. There was no killing on screen. I think the, the biggest detriment to this film was that it was rated PG. Yeah. So there's a lot they had to tone down. The cinematography was non-existent. The direction was okay. I, th- I think they... I feel like they attempted to do a lot of things and realized they couldn't, so they just had to go with what they could do, yeah. special effects-wise. The music sucked. <laughs> just sucked. <laughs> just bad. So uh, overall, though, I mean... The, the beginning's kind of slow, and I think you and I had discussed this. Like, this is the kind of movie that I think they need to remake nowadays. Yeah, because they could make it actually creepy. They would. They would make it creepy first of all, because the way that they're taking things from before and making them making them creepier or even more terrifying, and they don't have to make it PG. It could be. It could be PG thirteen, and PG thirteen now is still like rated R back then. Yes, you know, absolutely. Get away with a lot more in PG thirteen now. So it would definitely uh, um, benefit from that. But I, I think I'm going to have to go with three as well. Three okay. out of five stars. Yeah, it's uh, it's not terrible, but the beginning is so slow. Yeah. The ending, the last 30 minutes kind of make up for it just because of the sheer ridiculousness of everything. Yeah, it it probably got a higher rating for me if they if they had a little more activity up yeah. front. Yeah. Explained a little bit more, maybe developed the story a little bit more. Instead yeah. Of, I mean, I mean like in the, this day and age, if, if you are a horror fan, right. there's a lot of it you can probably figure out, especially if you read the synopsis. You right. already know what's going to happen. You say, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, very very middle of the road. But the acting saved this one for me. Yeah, the act, Chuck Chuck Connors performance Chuck Connors. basically saved this for me. Although I was looking at him sideways the whole time because yeah. of what I'm used to seeing him in. And see, as as me coming in fresh on Chuck Connors on this one, I thought he did a great job. He played each part perfectly. I I think this would have been higher for me had they actually gone through with more of the actual killings. Yeah. Or just had more like direction, I guess. It's like the like, like the the wax the wax museum movies. What's that? Yeah, wax works or wax whatever works, it is. Yeah. The new ones. Yeah. Where they act like with yeah. Hilton in it and stuff. Uh-huh. Where they actually encase them in actual right. wax and it burned them you could see them they peel it off and yeah. you can see actual skin all burned not only that but like that and, kind and, of horror effect would have had a big impact in a movie like this and while i don't need everything explained to me the fact that they didn't even touch upon how or why slawson had his telekinesis powers yep it's a huge plot point they just kind of left out yeah i mean i don't need everything explained to me that's great but like at least i mean he they had a lot of exposition of him talking about 
his family, his wife, his brother. I mean, he talked about like three different times in the movie, even to the point where he talked about when he killed them, but he never discussed how or why he got his powers. Yeah. It makes no sense. And and I would like to know why. I mean, was it did it happen after he killed it? Was it was it part of the trauma he suffered when he when he had his psychological break and he killed his wife and and brother or was there even ever really even a brother or was he just a split personality right it was you know, yeah we don't we don't you just don't know so no exactly there's a lot they it's don't never explain. explain yeah so yeah all right well uh james tell them where they can find us they can find us on facebook we are on instagram and mm-hmm. twitter under what to suck podcast so for the and uh, for the twitter and instagram you have to put underscores correct i believe so yes under, under, between each word i think you can search what to suck and it comes up but yeah you might want to put underscores in between it and it's only because it wouldn't allow us when we tried to put it on there yeah you had to put the stupid underscores, underscores yeah you can find us on cast box yeah you got it I finally got it right. Castbox. Cast Good job. .fm. .fm for the website or just look up the Castbox app on your phone. That'll work. And you can also find us on Spotify and we are on Stitcher now. That's correct. So uh, we will be looking at expanding to a few more um, podcast uh, servers as well in the future. But at least for now, you can find us on the big three. Those big three. Absolutely. And on our, our big three social medias. Yep, and please note that each week I am now going to be posting previews of the episode coming up on each Friday so that you will be able to view the movie in advance to avoid spoilers. Yeah. Unless you don't give a fuck. That's right. Now, and don't forget, uh, be sure to go to our uh, Instagram or Facebook, whatever, and comment. Tell us if you've seen the movies, if you like them, if you don't like them. Uh, and if you have any movies you want us to watch and review, please uh, add them to the uh, the pages and we'll uh, we'll get to them at some point. And be patient because, yes, we have a we already have a hell of a list in front of us. So, We're going to be doing this for quite a while, so we will eventually do our best to get to any suggestions you have. We do appreciate your feedback and your comments. We've already been chattering back and forth with a few people people and we're having a good time starting to get to know some folks out there yeah and we're growing we're getting yeah. some listens and uh, hopefully this will go a long way for us so just uh keep talking and we'll uh we'll keep listening that's right all right well until next time uh i'm chris and i'm james and uh we'll see you guys in the next episode and uh watch out for sloss and he's out there somewhere still ah! Ah! Find everything okay? Whenever you shop Meyer, you don't just shop for yourself. You shop for your entire community. You help keep your neighbors well with vaccine clinics and select free prescriptions. You help provide specialized care and comfort through healthcare programs across the Midwest. Whenever you shop Meyer, you help support a wide variety of programs that keep our communities healthy and thriving. Thanks for shopping with us. Learn more at Meyer.com. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like 
a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea.